Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, we're going to dive into some biblical answers to questions that women often ask about physical beauty. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you about our upcoming marriage and motherhood retreat that's happening in Colorado, November 7th through 9th, 2019. I'd love to see you there, whether you're a wife, a mom, or a single woman who just desires God's vision for marriage and family. This is a small intimate retreat. We're limiting space so that we can just really keep the atmosphere personal and where I would have time to answer your questions and get to know you. So I'd love to see you in Colorado for that event. Go to setapartgirl.com and click on retreats if you'd like to learn more about that. So let's dive into the questions about physical beauty. One of the questions that came in to me about a year ago says this, in Psalm 34, 5, it states that those who look to him are radiant and their faces are not covered in shame. How does one appropriate this promise in real life? That's really a great question. Where does that heavenly radiance come from? And I've talked a lot before on this podcast about physical beauty actually being something that is cultivated from within. And there's a lot misconceptions out there about what inner beauty really is. There's this kind of false message of self-esteem, thinking that if we just look inside ourselves and appreciate all of our own unique qualities and learn to love ourselves and be good to ourselves and really build up our self-esteem, that will somehow make us beautiful and radiant. But if you look at scripture, the pattern that God has for us is not one of self-esteem, but one of self-denial. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that word deny actually means to lose sight of self and one's own interests. It's a very countercultural message today. But looking at another example in scripture, John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that Christ would increase in my life. And I really believe that that is where real beauty and radiance comes from. When we decrease, when we get out of the way, when we get self out of the driver's seat in our life, we let Jesus Christ take over. And our whole entire goal is not to draw attention to ourselves, but to bring glory to him. That is when heavenly radiance and heavenly beauty comes cascading through our life. How do we cultivate that kind of heavenly radiance? If we're really focusing on denying self and getting self out of the way and decreasing so that Christ would increase in our life. One of the most amazing ways to cultivate heavenly radiance and to cultivate that life of Christ within us is simply to spend time in his presence every day, to make that the highest priority of our life. A.W. Tozer said, the, the one who would know God must give time to him. And so often I think we want to have this intimate, radiant relationship with Jesus Christ without really spending time in his presence. You look at examples in scripture of those who were in the presence of the king. You know, Moses, when he went to the mountaintop and he was in the presence of God, his face was so radiant that he had to put a veil on his face because people couldn't even look at the radiance of his face. Isn't that amazing? Being in the presence of God brings heavenly radiance, not just to our inner soul, but to our outward appearance as well. And I've often told the story of the man who was thrown into prison in a persecuted country, kept in solitary confinement for a year, and almost blind because of being kept in the dark for so long. 
And yet his face was radiant when he got out of prison after that year because he had spent a year completely focused on remaining in the presence of his king. And so that is something that we can cultivate in our daily life, whether we're in a prison cell or not, to spend time in his presence, to shut out the distractions of this world, to sit at his feet, to pour out our heart to him, to be still in his presence, to let him speak to our heart, to immerse ourselves in his word and to worship him. That will cultivate heavenly radiance in our soul and in our countenance. Another way to cultivate heavenly radiance is to put our trust in him instead of giving into fear. It says those who look to him are radiant. When we look to him, when we lean on him, when we trust him, instead of allowing fear to drive us, allowing fear to consume us, there is this beauty and peace that only comes when we put our trust completely in him. Another great way to cultivate heavenly radiance is to rejoice and rest in all that he is rather than complaining about our life circumstances and resisting the trials and the difficulties that God is allowing in our life. When we develop a complaining spirit, a spirit of self-pity, one that's constantly resisting difficulty and wanting everything to always be easy and comfortable, we will end up very bitter. We will end up not reflecting the radiance of heaven on a daily basis. I'll never forget visiting the room of an elderly woman in a nursing home one time, and she had been a beautiful fashion model in her younger years. She had all these pictures in her room of what she used to look like. She was sort of like a glamour girl in the 50s, the 40s or 50s, somewhere in there. And now she was in her 80s or 90s, and of course you couldn't tell at this age that she used to be a model and was gorgeous in her younger years. The only thing that was really left was whatever she had cultivated in her inner life. And what she had cultivated was a very complaining spirit. And so from the minute you walked into her room, you just couldn't wait to get out because all she was doing was complaining and expressing her frustration over one thing after the next. And she had bitterness and she was resentful. And there was really nothing beautiful left in her life because her physical beauty had melted away and a complaining spirit was the only thing that was left. At that same nursing home, I went into the room of an older woman who was blind and And yet she had spent her life just rejoicing and resting in God and cultivating her relationship with him and not resisting and complaining about difficulty. And she was the most radiant little lady. I just loved being in her room. She just gave life to everyone around her. Even though her eyes were blind, her body was wasting away. She had a beautiful radiant spirit because she had said no to self-pity and she was rejoicing in all the blessings that God had given her. So what a beautiful example of the inner radiance that can be cultivated when we choose God's pattern. Stephen is an incredible example of keeping his eyes focused on heavenly things instead of earthly things. And even as he was being stoned, even as the world was mocking him and despising him, it says that his face was like the face of an angel. And that is because his gaze was on Jesus Christ. He could see the heavens open and he could see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. He was tuning out the distractions of the world and keeping his gaze fixed upon Jesus Christ. When Jesus is the focus of our life. Radiance is the natural result. Now, people may not say that our face looks like the face of an angel, but they will notice a heavenly radiance cascading from our life when they see the light and the peace and the love of Jesus shining through us. Another question that I received about physical beauty is this, how do I learn to see myself through Jesus' eyes as the apple of his eye, as fearfully and wonderfully made and as beautiful to him? 
What an important question today when so many of us are plagued by insecurity. And I've talked about insecurity on previous podcasts, but really we live in a culture that is lifting up a standard for physical beauty that is not even achievable in real life. I remember talking to a clothing designer for a a major clothing label, and he was just describing what they do when they take a, a model, a photo of a model, scan her image into a computer, and how they digitally alter almost everything about this woman's face and body in order to create this magazine cover or billboard or ad for clothing. And they slap this image up in front of us and say, you know, this is what is beautiful as as a woman. This is what you need to achieve. And it leaves a lot of women just feeling like, you know, we'll never measure up. We can never attain that standard. And then when we see these scriptures about being beautiful to him and being the apple of his eye, it can be hard to actually receive that as reality. There are some great scriptures that we can meditate on. One is in Psalm 45, where it says that we are to forget our own people in our father's house and that the king will greatly desire our beauty as we worship him. What a beautiful expression of how God sees us when we lay everything down and choose to follow him. Psalm 139 is an incredible meditation on his incredible tender love for us as as an individual. And Song of Solomon is another great meditation on the beauty of the bride in the eyes of the bridegroom. And really the entire Bible is a love story between a bridegroom and his bride. And so when you learn to see yourself as the bride of Christ and you learn to see that love that the bridegroom has for the bride as Jesus' love for you. It's just an incredible way to realize how much he really loves you. Ezekiel 16 is another really interesting meditation because it's talking symbolically about the nation of Israel, but it's also very symbolic about who we are as individuals before Christ. We are cast out into an open field. We're covered in our own blood and our own shame. We have no one to care for us. And then Jesus passes by us and he sees us struggling and he says, live. And then it talks about how he shapes us into this beautiful princess, cleanses us and washes us clean and puts a crown on our head and gives us jewels and a beautiful gown to wear. And it's so symbolic of what Christ does to us spiritually when we surrender our lives to him. It's so important when it comes to this area of can we really understand God's love for us that we need to agree with God and his word instead of agreeing with the negative messages of the world. You can't agree with what the culture is telling you about your value and your beauty and also agree with what God says in his word. So you have to be very purposeful about rejecting the lies of the culture, rejecting the lies that say you'll never be beautiful, you'll never be good enough, you know, God could never love you because of this, this, and this, and stand in truth. When you are in Christ, when you are covered by his blood, There is a beauty that God sees in you because you are clothed in his righteousness. So build your life around the word of God. And remember that if God did not spare his own son, it says, how would he not freely give us all things? If he did not spare his own son to redeem us, how could we ever question his love and his care for us? Getting your eyes off self and turning outward is another amazing cure for insecurity. So if you're really struggling with this, it's an incredible exercise to say, I'm going to stop thinking about myself and look for someone that I can serve. And that really lifts us above that insecurity and helps us find a greater purpose for our life, becoming Christ's hands and his feet to this world. Another great question is this, can you give specific practicals for how to cultivate qualities of heavenly radiance? How do you cultivate qualities that are going to be truly beautiful to Jesus and valuable to a godly man? 
I just want to breeze through these really quickly. I have five practical points of of things that you can cultivate in your life that lead to heavenly beauty. The first one is to become fulfilled in Christ. We talked earlier about making time in his presence such a high priority in your life. And there, there will be a heavenly radiance that begins to flow through your life as you spend time in his presence. And one of the keys for your heart attitude is to realize that he is everything you need. Find your fulfillment in him and don't chase after other things to try to find your peace and joy, and you will naturally begin to reflect the beauty of heaven. Another one is to be others-focused. It's really so easy in this culture to focus on self, 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 and even to spiritualize the focus on self. But when we look outside of ourselves, we find people in our lives to bless and to encourage and to serve. It cultivates a heavenly beauty. There's a selfish kind of charm that our culture promotes, and then there's a selfless kind of beauty that heaven promotes. And it's so important to choose that selfless beauty rather than the selfish charm that we see all around us. Another key is to be truth-led versus emotions-led. It's very easy to respond to things emotionally, but that's when we get into self-pity and complaining and anger and frustration, and we think, well, I have no choice but to act upon these feelings because that's just how I'm feeling right now. Instead of looking to the Word of God and not asking the question, what do I think about this? What do I feel about this? But ask, what does God say about this? And then align our emotions align our reality with what God says, not with just what we feel. And if this is challenging, which it definitely will be in a lot of different situations, ask God for his enabling grace and practice obeying this principle even when you don't feel like it. Don't let your emotions lead you. Let his truth lead you and that will cultivate an incredible heavenly beauty in your life. Another key point for women to remember is to be discreet and reverent in your behavior. And on social media and in our culture today, discretion is something that is not very highly valued. And yet in scripture, it's something that's very valued. It's it's very beautiful. A woman who is reverent and discreet and doesn't just share everything with everyone. So take your cues from the word of God and not just the share everything model that we see on social media and in our culture. Take time to say, Lord, what have you entrusted to me that is meant to be kept sacred and guarded and give me the grace to guard those things. And then the last quality is to be willing to suffer for Christ. There is such the propensity that a lot of us have to expect an easy and comfortable life and to get very frustrated when things are difficult. But if we are willing to say, Lord, I want to suffer well for you, I'm not expecting the Christian life to be, you know, an island experience where I just lay around on a beach and eat candy and grapes all day long. I'm expecting to follow the narrow way of the cross. And I have studied the stories of so many women who have suffered incredible things for the sake of the gospel. And they are some of the most beautiful women I have ever encountered. Women like Corey Ten Boom, women like Darlene Dibler, Esther On Kim. If you read their stories, you see a beauty that can only come from gold that is refined in the fire. So don't run away from difficulty. Let God use that difficulty to refine your soul as pure gold. Don't resist him and say, I'm going to turn against you, God, if things don't turn out exactly as I want them to. Say, Lord, even though this is difficult, I am willing by your grace to be a good soldier for you.
And just an extra tidbit about how to cultivate heavenly beauty in your daily life. I love listening to audio scripture. And so think about filling your day as you're driving in your car, as you're getting ready in the morning with the truth of God's word. You may not be able to sit down and read the Bible for two hours every day, but a lot of us have the ability to listen to an hour or two of scripture just by having it on in the background as we're going about our day. And that brings an incredible radiance as well. And also immersing yourself in powerful stories from Christian history, studying the lives of Amy Carmichael and Gladys Elward and Elizabeth Elliot and Corey Ten Boom and reading really rich spiritual books like Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest or Streams in the Desert. All of these truths, looking at the old hymns and meditating on the truths contained in the old hymns, all of these things can go such a long way in keeping our mind focused on the things of heaven and cultivating that heavenly beauty in our daily life. The last question that I want to tackle is this. What if you have a physical attribute that makes you very self-conscious or insecure? I want to have plastic surgery or I want to get a cosmetic procedure done, but I don't really know if I should. What if God just wants me to live with it? I don't know if it's vain for a Christian to fix things that they don't like about their physical appearance. Really, I think this is an individual decision to pray about before God. It really just depends on your motive. Are you looking to correct this thing because you want to remove the distraction for yourself or for others? Or are you trying to achieve some kind of sensual allure that the culture promotes? Sometimes once we go down that road of cosmetic surgery or changing things cosmetically, it, we can, it can be a slippery slope. And pretty soon, you're always having to do something more to keep up with the pattern of the culture. But if there's something very specific that is a distraction, like say getting braces on your teeth or something else where you can fix something that's a distraction and God's giving you a piece about it, there's nothing necessarily wrong about that as long as the motive of your heart is to just remove distractions and honor God instead of trying to achieve an impossible standard that the culture has put upon you. For example, if my kids need braces to restore their crooked teeth, that's something that I'll make a priority not to try to get them up to par with the culture standards, but just to remove the distraction for them as they get older, as they interact with people and share the gospel. But if one of my children wanted to try to make her body look more sensual through a cosmetic procedure with the hope of attracting the opposite sex or being in stride with the culture, that would be a completely different issue. So take the area of your life before God, ask him to reveal the motives of your heart and let him lead you and guide you individually in that decision. I hope these answers have been helpful for you. If you'd like to go deeper into the issue of Christ-centered physical beauty, there are some great articles and resources at our website, setapartgirl.com. Just search the topic of beauty and you'll be able to find some articles that are really able to take you even deeper into this important area. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.